Shalom, this is Reverend John Ferret. And in the book of Matthew, in, verse, in chapter 21, verse 42, and in a couple of other places, in Mark 12, 10, and also in Luke 20, 17. Now, it's clear. Jesus is saying he is the stone rejected. And he is using Psalm 118, verse 22. Now, in English, we know the translation that the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. That's the English. But in the Hebrew, the words are Larosh Eben Pina, the main stone of the place of turning. And indeed, the place of turning certainly is a cornerstone. And so definitely we can say that Jesus, definitely the stone rejected, he has become the first stone. He has become the cornerstone. Scholars also suggest that it can mean the keystone of an arch. That's the last stone of the arch that's put in place to hold the arch together. So Jesus, the stone rejected, has become the keystone of the arch, the last stone. And all depends upon him. So as we get back into the Hebrew, we can see that the possibilities are that Jesus is not only the cornerstone, but he's also the keystone of an arch. He's the first and the last. This is connected again to Revelation 22, 13. Now, we have seen a couple of other examples of how Jesus is the first. Come, let's take a look at a third. So, indeed, let me take you again to Jerusalem during the days of Jesus, specifically during the days of Passover. There's a special feast that most of us don't know about. It's related to the first harvest, the first harvest of grain at that time. We read about this in Leviticus 23, 9 through 14. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you enter the land which I'm going to give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest, which is barley at that time. Wheat is going to be ready seven weeks later at the Feast of Pentecost or Shavuot. This is a picture of a sheaf. In Hebrew, it's called an omer. And this is what they would have brought in, one sheaf into the temple. The first is concerned. We know all the first belongs to the Lord. We trust him for the rest. And barley is the bread for life, like wheat is. So we bless God for the harvest. What, what a way to do that at, at, at Passover. He gives the bread for life. But how is this connected to Jesus? Now, in 33 AD, the traditional time we say that Jesus was crucified, the actual feast of Bikarim would happen on a Sunday, the day of Jesus' resurrection. Now, there is also an alternative, and many scholars debate whether Jesus was crucified in 30 AD or 33 AD. In 30 AD, that had been on a Thursday. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was considered a day like a Sabbath by the Pharisees, would have been on a Friday. But the second day is also on the weekly Sabbath, which is a bigger Sabbath that they would not do the Feast of Bikarim on the Sabbath. They couldn't do it on the Sabbath of the feast, oh, let alone on the weekly Sabbath. So it's likely that that would also happen on a Sunday. But Sunday, whether it's 33 AD or 30 AD, Jesus rises from the dead. He is the bread of life, as he told us in John 6, 35. 
it's likely that he rises from the dead on the Feast of First Fruits. We thank the Father for the bread for life, but now we thank the Father for the true bread of life. All this is on First Fruits. And then we read this. In 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 23, Paul is teaching us, but now Christ, the Messiah, has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. He's raised from the dead, the first fruits. Yes, Jesus would have been out of the grave on the Feast of Bikarim. He is the first fruits. Jesus is the first. Amazing. But now we ask the question, how is Jesus the last? We'll see that when we get to episode seven. Shalom.